0: Live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors and callers. We discuss it off. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Welcome to Never Had
1: It So
2: Good Sports Talk Radio.
1: We're live here with the professional contributors, and we're excited to be on tonight. Let me get my co-host in here, Duck Raleigh. How are you, sir?
3: Oh well, princess.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Tim Moore, my other co-host. How are you, sir?
4: I'm. um, I'm
1: done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. I've been wanting to do radio since yesterday, but I'm (laughs) so, so excited to get everybody. In here, let me welcome everybody to the show. Will Harris, how are you, sir? Good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good. I will. Doing good? Thank you for being on. Doc, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How's everybody else doing? I'm excellent. How about the Mountain News, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. How about those? <laughs> <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide? Okay, so. Let's go ahead here. Carlos Bradley, how are you, sir?
0: I am great. I hope everyone else is great also.
1: Awesome, 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 awesome. And Larry, Tisdale, how are you? Bang, bang, Niner gang. How are you, sir?
2: What's what's up, family? Listen, before we get started, Princess, Princess sounds like your little sister when you sneak in late and she runs and tells your parents. Oh, You're I'm like, the one. He's just waiting. waiting oh, I'm her. the
1: one. Oh, yeah. You I know, can. my brothers, older brothers, you know, hey, can I see okay. coming? Yeah, but he has somebody here with him. He's going to have to get back to you, you know, oh, to keep over God. here. So oh, hold wow. on. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> and if you want something different, put some money on the table, and then I'll <laughs> go ahead.
2: <laughs> okay. Hey. Yeah, that's real too.
1: <laughs> and it, if the parents said, I'm going to leave my, you you know, with your sister, Mama, please take me. <laughs> <Ever? laughs> <laughs> They're going get me, Mama, <laughs> for sure. All right. I've been waiting for this show. Duck and Tim take over. I'll get in where I fit in. But give me my time when it's time. Roll
3: time. I, I know that's right. We're yeah. going to start off with you, Doc. Give, give us a little open
5: mic. What you got for us? <laughs> You know, I look at – uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because it's been like this for, you know, past years over the portal. Then, you know, McCord going into it and Dylan Bradley uh, – and Jim Gabriel, weather and uh, DJ. I guess you just – you play as long as you want to at that school, and then you just roll out and go somewhere else.
2: Okay.
3: Uh, Larry, the open mic, what you got for us? <laughs>
2: uh the selection committee sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I said this probably five <laughs> weeks ago. I said, Alabama's going to find a way back into the playoffs, and it has nothing to do, this has everything to do with the, the school that you play at. If you go undefeated at, a, a, you know, Power Five and don't make it, there's nothing that matters. You don't need to play anymore. Right. So, yeah, they suck. Okay. Uh,
3: Francis. Open mic, Princess. What you got?
1: Well, listen, this is what I have, and I want everybody to understand. I am channeling my David Riley, who calls Pit Burke it, and he calls the Nittany Lions a kitty cat. <laughs> so I'm going to shout out to all my Seminole family and friends. Come sit on the sofa with me, because 13 wins oh. got you nothing. And that oh. game win that you had, oh. don't worry about it. Come get on the sofa with me. i will text them all. <laughs> and I understand I'm being petty here. And I, I knew, though, when Bama, when Bama won, it was going to be difficult. Somehow they were going to um, fiddle this, and, and that's the truth. But, and I feel bad for a 13-win season because Mike Noble really tried. And considering they were trying to get rid of him three years ago, and he went shopping yeah. in the portal and got himself a team and put that on the field and won, I feel bad for them just a little, just a little. But um, come sit on the sofa with me. There's no participation trophy. Come on. Ooh, hey,
2: K. Hey, hey. hey, hey. hey, hey.
1: Uh Carlos.
2: <laughs> yes, sir. Go get me a drink.
0: Well, a couple <laughs> things.
2: <laughs> a
0: couple <laughs> things regarding the selection committee. I mean, I really think that this year, like they should have, they should have just made some kind of special exemption, and just said, okay, instead of going to 12 teams next year, we're going to eight right now. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like there was legitimately eight teams that could be in some kind of final. I mean, you know, one loss is here with Texas, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, all of that. So, I mean, I think it was tough. I don't disagree with what's being said now. Um, But I have one other point. So, except for presses, we've all played football on this, that's on this line right now. And if anybody is able, if anybody is able to tell me what pass interference is today, <laughs> you please
1: do so. I because,
0: voice. I mean, I keep saying that the NFL needs to be, aware of what their product is looking at. And I know fans just accept whatever is out there. But when when not us, not people that play football in their life, when general people start saying, man, this looks fixed, or man, this looks wrong, I think they need to be concerned. And, I mean, the, the pass interference is like you got a ref behind, you got a ref in front, I see nothing. You got people getting tackled. I see nothing. I mean, I'm just some clarity on what pass interference. Look, I wanted Kansas City to lose anyway because I really thought Green Bay was playing well, and, you know, I'm a Jordan Love fan. But on the five-yard line, the guy was climbing up the guy's back right. and hit them in the front, and you get no call with a ref yeah. in front and behind him. On the five, and you got 30 seconds left with Kansas City? Clearly they didn't want them to win. They wanted it to be over right there. So, but well, whatever it is, if someone could explain in today's professional game what pass interference is, I would like to hear it. Because it's not what it used to be. It's not when you pull somebody's arms down or wrap your arms around them or face guard and run into them. None of that seems to be what – and it just seems to be when you decide to call it, when it's needed at a particular
2: time. Not good for the game. Carlos, if I could say something real quick to add on to that. We talked about this a long time ago, and I had an old head talk to me when I was young, and and, uh, David knows him, you know, uh, Hal Fowler who played in the league. And I remember he told me, you know, 30 years ago that games are fixed. And when he said that to me, I literally got mad at him because, you know, I said, I'm playing, I play the game. All of us here play the game for the love of the game. And when we watch the game, we get upset. Like, Carlos, you'd be like, well, if you you and I were playing, I'd give you that call. Like, that's your call, no problem. Uh, It is, this is a business right now. At every level we can look at it, this is a business. This is not about having the best players out there. It's not about the best coaches. It's not about having a perfect season. It's about a business and who they want to be successful.
0: You called pass Thanks. interference in the, in the Super Bowl when the defensive back touched a guy on a belt ball that was not even catchable that the receiver had given up. He looked and gave up, and they called yeah. pass interference. But you're tackling a guy and everybody's looking at it? And they say no call? I mean yeah. you know, if I was if that. I was just a fan like I am now of the game, I would be kinda livid like I am now about the product that you're putting on the field that I'm looking at. It's like ridiculous. We're gonna move
3: the wheel, but I couldn't tell you were livid, uh, Carlos. I will.
2: (laughs) to a princess level.
1: (laughs) Need some
5: more passion. (laughs) I got some for you.
0: (laughs) What you got for? Okay, check check this out. (laughs) They get the first. They get the first no balls award for this
1: year.
2: Hey. Okay. (laughs)
1: There we go. There we go. Right. (laughs) Uh Oh
2: man. (laughs) Y'all lit that fuse. (laughs)
6: <laughs> yeah, so I think at the end of the day, I think we it's ironic in the last year of the 14 playoff system, we finally see the system get exposed. I mean, for so many years it's been covered up because we just kind of looked over it because I figured the best team in college football won. But I mean, at the end of the media, just has way too much control over the outcome of the college football season from the AP rankings to the so-called playoff they have now. It's really no different than the old days where you had, you know, co-champions, AP and coaches poll that, BCS system, whatever that was, with the computers trying to pick four teams. So, hopefully, all of this gets resolved
3: with the expansion of the playoffs next year. Okay, uh, I, I, Tim, you know, keep it under thirty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Thank you, you God, Tim.
4: I've been, I've been, you know, I've been on on line all day. I got some friends down in the Birmingham area that just been going back and forth with me. They've Been hauling road tide all day and tripping down. So, you know, they, they. I've been thinking about the stuff they've been typing in. I'm trying to understand the committee a little bit better. I'm trying to be a kind of gentler kind of guy, uh, because <laughs> we could all, you know, we could all see that after Travis, Jordan Travis went down. Uh, Florida State was not the same team. Uh, and, you know, of course, there's no way they could match up with Michigan and Washington and Texas and Alabama. But then again, we all thought that Oregon was going to beat Washington this past week. They were a nine-point dog in that ballgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also thought Georgia was going to blow out a 6-6 six and six Georgia Tech team last week, but they struggled. And most of us thought that Georgia would beat Alabama. But on the field, all of that was different. Um, you know, so I'm trying to understand the, the, the committee. Uh, so, but we all saw Florida State struggle against a mediocre Florida team, and then they didn't dominate Louisville. But then, when I look at it, Alabama only beat a four and eight Arkansas team by three points. Mm-hmm. Alabama labored against a six and six. South Florida team from that mighty American Athletic Conference. <laughs> <laughs> Bama needed a desperation Hail Mary against a 6 and 6 Auburn team that lost the previous week to New Mexico State and Texas. Texas barely beat a 4 and 8 Houston team by a touchdown with 5 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So bad that Houston's coach got fired. Texas barely held off a 5-7 and seven TCU team by three points, the TCU team that lost to 4-8 Colorado. <laughs> the Longhorns beat an 8-4 Kansas State team by three points in overtime. And Florida State, who's been just dragged up and down the news media for the past – sports media for the past couple of days – held a 10-2 and two Louisville team that averaged 33 points per game and throttled a very good top-10 Notre Dame team to two field goals. Ooh. Louisville averaged 175 yards rushing and 244 yards per game passing. They got 77 yards rushing the other night and 111 yards passing. And this is the same Louisville team that hung 33 on Notre Dame. Ohio State only managed 17. But then again, you know, we're all aware the SEC is a superior conference to the ACC, and after all, they won more championships than anybody in the last 15 years. But the ACC was 6-4 in head-to-head competition against the SEC this year. I understand,
6: you know, the committee.
4: I'm trying to understand them. They had a responsibility to select the best four teams in the nation for the playoffs. They've done it before. They picked Alabama in 2017, an Alabama team that had lost to Auburn in the last game of the season and didn't even play in the SEC championship. They won the national championship that year. But in 2017, there weren't any undefeated teams that were left out. And the number five team in that mix, Ohio State, had two losses. But then the committee changed their tune. And in 2021, they told us that Cincinnati deserved to play because they were undefeated. And in fact, Cincinnati competed with them until midway through the third quarter. And the Big Ten champ, Michigan, got mollywopped by Georgia. Georgia (laughs) scored on the first five possessions of that ball game against Michigan, and that game was over in the first half. But then again, I'm still trying to understand this committee. We watched TCU get beat, get smashed last year in the national championship game. And, of course, we can't have blowouts in the biggest game of the year. But in 2019, Clemson beat Alabama 44-16. to 16. And in 2021, Alabama beat the Big Ten monster Ohio State 52-24 to 24 in a game that was over by the halftime. So I'm just saying, this really isn't about performance. This goes against everything that we've all learned and been taught about sports since we were kids and we started playing. And that is that if you beat everybody on your schedule and the other teams in your category or your classification don't, you're going to get a chance to play for the championship. Well, as Will said, they've lifted the veil now, and we see what it's all about. (laughs) And I understand now why I'm a fan of professional wrestling. You know, you kind of (laughs) know what the outcome is going to be. And that's what the committee has given us. The biggest budget (laughs) athletics departments in the country, in this order, are Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, LSU, Texas A&M, and Florida. Florida State is number 15. Those names sound familiar, don't Don't they? And the top ten fan bases, according to the Sports Illustrated study, are in this order, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas, Penn State, Michigan, Florida, Oregon, Alabama, Wisconsin, and USC. So even though there are large fan bases at other places, the fan base lets us know how many people are going to be watching television, and that's where the money is, TV networks. So if you've got a choice between even an undefeated Utah or an undefeated Stanford or an undefeated Auburn even, in this mix against any one of those teams that I mentioned that are big money teams with the big fan bases and the big athletic budgets, they may as well go home and wait on the Citrus Bowl to call.
1: And everything's right with the world.
3: I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know, I, I I was – Great points by you and Carlos. It's like y'all called each other said, hey, I'm going to do 20, I'm going to do 20. But <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, it's over. <laughs> <have to> take <laughs> us out.
2: How,
1: you <laughs> know what? So, Tim needed to be on the committee. He did. I mean, he almost convinced me. Um, um, but that, was, that was excellent,
2: Your, the, That recall, that was excellent. Just, I'm sitting here in amazement on the recall. Alexa, so, yeah, give me a minute. That was outstanding.
3: That
2: was outstanding.
3: What that was outstanding. Man. Hey, look, first of all, you, you guys should have known Tim was going to be ready for us tonight.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, hey,
3: Tim, Tim I'm going to stay with you, and uh, hopefully we can do this one pretty quick. But uh, You're basically saying that, they didn't get the five right. So what's five? What's your top five?
4: My top five are um, Michigan number one, Washington number two, uh, Florida State number three, and Texas number four. And then
3: Alabama. Okay. How about you, Will? What would your top five be?
6: I'm going to go. Washington, number one. Michigan, number two. I'll go Florida State, number three. Texas, number four. And Alabama, number
5: five. Okay. okay. All right. Doc. I mean, based on Tim, I got Florida State, number one. <laughs> <laughs> by West
2: Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got uh,
5: Michigan, one. Washington two, Texas three, and Florida State four, with Bama at five.
3: Hi <laughs> Princess. <it. laughs> oh. No, she's talking. Yeah, she's on mute, I'm sure. She's <laughs> rambling. <laughs>
1: I had my myself muted on the system. I'm, I'm just talking on the phone. I didn't even look that I had closed out the system. Um, I have Missing It at number one, Washington at two, Texas at three, Georgia at four, and Bama at five.
3: Hey, okay.
1: You know what? Now, and let me just say this. I had FSU. Y'all put so much pressure on me. Y'all been singing FSU all year. By week eight, nine, or ten, I put FSU in the top four. But To me, seriously, once they lost their quarterback and they struggled and let Florida get up 12-0, that's my team, but they're right. They were mediocre. I'm not going to fuss with Tim about that this year. They struggled with Florida. They found it and and put it back together. And then they played the conference championship with their third-string quarterback. You knew at that point, no matter how much Tim sung, they were not going to put them in the Final Four. Um, and, and, And that's just the way it is. You know, they, after that they were not going to do it, and we were just waiting. And we knew too. Once Bama won, okay, the, the Ducks mm. are followed in a row. Yeah, that's
4: it. and the, thing, the You know, the thing the thing that gets me is that you know I I know how important a quarterback is. I, I I get that. I get that. But they've got NFL talent all over that team. They've got two receivers that are going to be playing pro ball. Uh, you know, they've got they've got a defense full of guys that are going to be playing in the pros. Um, they're not just Travis, just Travis. And you give this kid four weeks to, to practice with those receivers, those outstanding receivers Florida
1: State has. they're not going to look like they did the other night. I agree with you. But at this point, they can join Caleb Williams and go and get ready for the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> hey, okay. okay. Hey. All right. All
3: right,
1: Larry.
2: <laughs> I got <laughs> Mr. at number one. I got Washington at two, at three I got Texas, and at four I have Florida State, and at five there's no way I could put Alabama ahead of Georgia. Uh, I can't jump from eight to to four, and Georgia on a, one loss dropped from one out of it. So, uh, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Florida State, and Georgia. Hey right, Carlos, Michigan, Washington, Georgia.
0: Texas, Bama. Okay, all
1: right.
3: I want to stay right with you,
0: Carlos.
1: Thank you, Carlos. Let's
3: talk. Let's talk a little bit about that Alabama Georgia game.
0: Well, I mean, it was a hard fought game. Um, they, Bama, was making some plays. Their quarterback truly matured. From what we saw earlier in the season, um, you know what it it really just seemed like like Bama just wanted it a little more like they were like fighting for something and literally going to prove something um you know they've never lost in that stadium they've never lost in Georgia well, I think I there's something like i think there's something like eight no they they've never lost to a a number one seed in that. I think they're five and zero, oh, and I think in that building, they're eight and zero. Oh. No, they're Something not like that.
1: Florida beat them. So, hold
0: on. When in that?
1: In Atlanta. In Atlanta. <laughs> in the in SEC Atlanta. You sure? Game. Oh, I oh, listen. <laughs> on oh, Lauren was it and Kristen lies. Yeah. What, 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 I'm, I'm sure game. you're sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I stand <laughs> was,
0: corrected. Was, the was, Georgia seems to not lose.
1: Princess, to, elect-
0: go to elect- elect- on that. I we would, don't have I to go nowhere
1: with that one.
4: <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure Princess. I, I'm sure Princess knows what she's talking about. But I'm wondering if it wasn't
1: in the old Georgia Dome as
4: opposed to this Mercedes-Benz right. uh, Stadium.
1: Okay, you know what? That I can't remember. I, I forgot they played a Mercedes-Benz. I'll take that back then. But the F- F- SEC game in ball. Atlanta. Yeah. In okay.
3: Yeah, and and in 2014. They played West Virginia in uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. and
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for this one. What
5: do you say? We didn't play them tough that day. We did play them tough.
3: Oh, oh without a doubt, man. Well, if it wasn't for, for them,
1: them three, is, is the three there blind refs in Is there a win, loss, and play them tough? Or is this just <laughs> a win and a loss?
5: And we have to go to the committee.
1: Well, we need the committee to find that out.
5: Oh, yeah. that, Alexis,
1: Alexis do they have three
3: blind refs at the game? Is there
1: win? Is there a W and a L and then play them tough? That's PT something, you know.
2: I'm a, okay. um, there is a hierarchy. Just, <laughs> all right.
3: Uh, I'm going I'm to I'm come to you, Doc about the Alabama-Georgia game? What was your
5: thoughts? Yeah, I mean, much like was said before, you know, Alabama definitely seemed to have a good game plan. And even, I mean, the score wasn't indicative of kind of how they, you know, kind of dominated. And, um, I, but I do think that, um, well, McConkey or and um, Bauer, they were a little bit limited. So, you know, that may have had something to do with uh, um, Georgia's offense, how huh? they just didn't, didn't, um, you know, show us what they've done throughout the year, but I think a lot of people are saying too that you know Georgia. I mean, like, you know, the Missouri. There's some schools they play, but it, I don't know if they were still proven. Um, so I think Bama kind of exposed them a little bit, and it's it's yeah. like like Carlos said, Bama just just beats Georgia. I think they don't think they've lost to Georgia in the in the SEC championship. To to uh, yeah. Carlos's point, I mean, so I guess they just know how to how to beat them. Okay. Uh,
3: when want to come to you, Will. Will, you think Georgia got away from the running game too quick? I think they did, but I
6: think also Bama just did a good job of stopping the run. I think they held them to under three yards to carry, so being able to contain the run and forcing back to beat them with his arm was a big part of that, helping them stay behind the sticks, and Georgia was, what, three for 13, something like that, on third down, so I thought that was the key to Alabama's defense performance. At the end of the day, I just think Jalen uh, Milrose has made plays uh, when he knew to with his legs, you know, and he's become much better as a passer. So I think we could be talking about a front runner for the Heisman next year if he keeps this up.
3: Yeah, Francis, are you... It, it kind of throws me a lot when uh, the media continuously asks Milrose about his first two games.
1: You know, even at the end of the game when he won, that was their first yeah. question, and, and 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 that's a shame. Um, yeah. But I also thought that Nick Saban knew enough about Kirby Smart and his tendencies, and I also thought that Alabama wasn't going to lose two games, and I you could tell they came out, and they really I thought they put pressure on, um, on Carson Beck and how he handled the ball and how he threw it to Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers looked pretty good in warm-ups. I watched him, but he sure started limping really quick, I thought, in the game. Um, and despite the, how they hiked the ball to Milrow, you know, his, his you know and, and how he missed it a couple of times or was very low, despite that, I thought Milrow did really well. And in the fourth quarter, Nick Saban said, we're not going to pass it. Pass it. I'm actually going put to the, put the ball in Milro's hands and let him run it. And I thought they were the tougher bully um, on, on Saturday, and they did just enough to win that game. Um, I didn't think that, that Nick Saban was going to lose two, two in a row. And I asked two or three weeks ago, if Bama beats Georgia, what happens? And it mm-hmm. all kind of felt like that, because I, I just didn't think Nick Saban was going to go down. Um, you know, two losses in one year, and in the SEC game, I thought he was going to make a, you know, find a way to win, and they did.
3: Okay, hey, Tim, your your thoughts? Um,
4: strong strong performance by Alabama. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, they 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 look like I, I agree with Carlos. They look like they wanted it more than uh, than Georgia, and I think um, there's there's I, I don't know if it was Will or Doc who who said that you know was talking about how Saban really sort of knows Kirby Smart. I think his game plan, uh, was, was superior to Kirby's as well. And, uh, the combination was just a little too much for Georgia to overcome. Um, you know, and especially after that performance they had, uh, against
3: Auburn, um, they were, they would do a good game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Princess said that.
1: You Uh, know what? Also gentlemen, I thought that Georgia had been, you know, flirting with this loss for about five or six weeks, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they didn't look good against Georgia Tech, and they got down 14 to nothing to South Carolina. I, you know, yeah. he's, they've been flirting with some of this, and I think it came to pass with Alabama and Nick Saban.
4: But Princess,
3: no. All right, what like you, what you it, think it, about that, what uh, Princess just said? It. It, does, it, it doesn't matter. It, it
4: doesn't matter, Duck. It doesn't matter, Duck. who, who uh, you know, if other teams have bad games. It's only Florida State that they hold it against. Right.
1: <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> I, said this, I said this earlier, and, and, and I know, Riley, uh, Dave thinks like this, too. I, we're giving a heck of a lot of credit to Saban, who I don't think uh, uh, deserves it on this one. Um, he was ready to throw Milrow to the benches in the crowd and walk away from it. He just didn't have anything to count on, and he was forced back in that decision. Um, he was the difference maker, both of those teams have been flirting with losses and not playing well. Both of them over the past five or six weeks have not looked great, and we talked about that the entire time. Um, the difference maker was Jalen, and they let him run the ball. Uh, Carson Beck was not the same caliber quarterback on the other side that could make big plays, um, and we talked about this before. If you're going to play at this level, especially in the playoffs, you need a quarterback to make big plays, and I know we'll go on to Washington, but a quarterback is the determining factor at this level. Um, I thought both of them played fairly well, but the difference was there. But I don't give Saban any credit for, for what he did. He fell into this one. Um, so, yeah.
3: Okay. Shakin. Your thoughts on the Texas and Oklahoma State game, do you, you think they would beat them – that
2: margin? Yes. I think he's going to I Larry. Didn't. Oh, no. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. As a matter of fact, I think I picked uh, Oklahoma State. I thought they would come out. Um, and we talked about this before, what Texas would come out. And we saw the Texas with horses that were unleashed. They had athletes all over the place, and this was a mismatch. But I thought that was the best that Texas has probably played all year. Um, so, no, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, but it is good to see Texas finally playing well, especially this time of the year. So hopefully they can continue to ride that one.
4: Uh,
2: uh, Tim, Texas no
4: mistake. Um, I I expected Texas to beat them. I didn't expect them to, to to dominate them the way they did, but I was expecting Texas to beat them.
3: Okay, Presser.
1: I I thought Texas would win, but I don't know if I saw that coming. But um, I thought Ewers had his best game. I think he was uh, twelve of thirteen from his first thirteen passes, and they really looked good on offense. And I thought they came to play on on defense for sure. Um, Oklahoma State looked like they wanted to compete a little bit, but it got out of hand pretty quickly. Um, I didn't see uh, a big win like this, so you know, good good for um, good for Texas Longhorns. Shout out to Ricky Porter who's listening in. Oh,
3: okay. We're we gonna <laughs> we're gonna get Ricky a shout out. Okay. Anyway, all right. Uh, God, dang. Ricky. Hi, Carlos. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I expected Texas to want to make a point. I expected them to win by at least two touchdowns, with that, you know, not by 30 or whatever they won by, but I did expect them to win pretty big. Hm. Okay. They got a lot of talent uh, on that team. Yeah, but they've been
1: playing inconsistent.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I thought they would come up for this because – you know, give the coach some credit. He got them ready. He said, look, it's showtime. Let's see what you got. Let's try to get in the dance. And they did it. They did it.
3: Okay, Will?
6: Yeah, I pretty much expected this. I mean, Oklahoma State, I mean, they had a solid team. They had a good season, but look at just some bad losses. I think they got blown out by, what, South Alabama. They lost 45-3 at UCF. So you just didn't know which team you were gonna get. I think you saw the bad side of Oklahoma State this uh past week against the dominant Texas team.
5: All right, Doc? Yeah, yeah, I agree as well. I mean, you know, being uh another team in the Big Twelve, I mean I, I've seen Oklahoma State play and um and they've had some bad losses. I know like kinda of midway through the season they started going to more of the run game. Um but you know, once they got behind, I mean, Bowman's is not that good, and so you know, I I, I expected all along that Texas was going to win. Maybe not by the the degree that they did, but um, no, I never really thought Oklahoma State was that good. They barely beat BYU the week before, so it was just uh, kind of one of those things where Texas was going to prove a point that they were they were um, a team that should be in the playoff, and and that's what they did. All right, I want to stay
3: right with you, Doc, because I thought one of the toughest losses this weekend was uh, Dion with Tracy Edmonds. <laughs>
1: what? I had to look at my phone, and I was like, do I have the right show? I not heard that. I, I didn't hear it. Oh,
2: man. i you chance.
3: Yeah, we'll we'll discuss that after the show. But anyway, I, uh <laughs> Michigan and Iowa.
5: That's me. Yes. Yeah, I think this was the most predictable outcome, um, but it was definitely a rock fight. I and mean, I give Iowa. I mean, Iowa defense we said all year it's, it's doubt, and um, and they were going to hold Michigan to. Uh, no big plays. Uh, They they play kind of keeping their D-backs back to to prevent any big plays and and keep everything in front of them. And for the most part, that's what they did. Um, I actually thought that Michigan was going to win by more than they did. But, um, like I said, testament to Iowa's defense. But, you know, Michigan knew that they could beat them. And I, and I, I think I said last week if they scored 14 points, the game was over. So it just was another example of how poor Iowa's offense is. I was yeah yeah. Want to come to you, Carlos?
3: It's the same question, but I I, I don't get it. That defense is always tough. Now yeah. offense <laughs> is always suspect.
0: I agree, but I expected this. Um, Iowa played tough all year, but you know. Michigan this might be one of the better teams that they've had in every in a number of aspects running game they got receivers that can really go deep um the quarterback made made plays I mean Michigan quarterbacks usually underachieve this is an achieving quarterback I mean you know he's he's solid so I had to give them that and they just they just play their style and they just Push what they wanted to do, just better better than what Iowa did, and they couldn't they couldn't handle them.
2: Okay,
3: uh, Larry.
2: We said this last week. Iowa's defense is tough. They played them tough. It was what I expected. I thought it would be a little closer game. Um, I'm not sure the score indicates it, although Michigan dominated the entire game. It was just, no, you you couldn't get anything in, uh, anything out of the, their quarterback, Hill. Um, they just didn't have anything on offense, and I think you mentioned this. Uh, I don't know how they recruit so well or coach so well on the defensive side of the ball and then on the offensive side of the ball. You know, maybe they need to go back and get a Chuck Long or something like that, but they haven't had a quarterback or a difference maker on offense in a while um, at the quarterback position.
3: Okay. Uh Oh, precious! Uh, your thoughts?
1: I don't have much to add after all of that. I, I thought that um, there were grown men playing on Iowa's defense; um, they were stout. But I-, I agree with Larry. There was nothing on offense, and Michigan dominated this game. Um, so they move on.
2: All right?
1: Yeah, I
4: was watching uh, Florida State. Uh, you know, just throttle uh, <laughs> No, I. <laughs> you know, I. I, I expected. This. I'm not going to talk very much on, on this. I, I expected this. Uh, I think Carlos and I both called called for blowout
2: last week. Yeah.
6: Okay. Uh, Will. It's yeah, the same. Iowa can never have an offense because they have some great defenses and tight ends on their team over the past several years. But until they can, well, I don't know if it's their offensive coordinator or recruiting or. You know, just not knowing out where to find quarterbacks, to just never seem to be able to get that offense together. But I think this was uh, expected. The Big Ten is one of those conferences. I think they need to eliminate divisions and just have that Ohio State-Michigan rematch in the championship every.
3: Okay, I want to I want to stay with you because we want to talk about Florida State and Louisville. Louisville. The, Didn't look the same. Was it because of uh, Florida State's defense? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it
6: uh, was. Florida State's uh, defense uh, answered the bell. They knew they were down to their third-string quarterback. They knew they had a possible playoff appearance on the line, and and they did what they had to do to buckle down and stop this Louisville offense. Uh, I know, a lot of the media is using hindsight to try to say, yeah, Louisville may have not been that good, but I mean, the wall season if Louisville offense has been pretty dominant. Look what they were able to do against Notre Dame. So I think credit to Florida State's defense. They stepped up, and I think they played well enough to deserve a
3: spot in the playoff. Okay. Uh, I want to know if it was – is it true that uh, Tommy Bowden was uh, warming up in case Brock Glenn went down?
1: Just text Tommy Bowden and tell him to come on the show. That's all I want, you know. I don't know what Tommy Brown was doing, but, um, you know, if he still has any allegiance to FSU, I'd love to talk to him. You know, I really did not watch this game. I just checked the score, and I kept saying, come on, Cardinals. Well, that did not happen, but – um in the fourth quarter I watched, and, you, and, and, and some in the second half, let me just be trivial about that, I thought that FSU's defense is, as everybody has said, they have some horses, and there's going to be some people that hit the NFL for sure. Um, but even Tim Moore said that the backup quarterback looked like a deer in the headlights in the first half, you know, and he, and he did. And I think that was hard to watch for a lot of people.
3: Okay. Uh, Doc, your thoughts on that Louisville and FSU, do you think it would be a lot closer, especially having the
5: third-string quarterback in there? You know, I kind of did. I mean, I I actually was kind of surprised, and I I give all the credit to, you know, Florida State's defense, but I wasn't surprised at how little uh, Louisville was able to do on offense. As a matter of fact, at some point I was thinking, is this the same quarterback that they had when they played Notre Dame? Because they just – it just seemed like such a big contrast. And, you know, obviously Florida State's defense has something to do with it. But, you know, he he looked kind of lost. I mean, they had opportunities to – I think if he played with halfway decent like he did in the Notre Dame game, I think Louisville could have won that game. I mean, threw a terrible pick. Um, I think when they got the punt um, situation, they should have scored there, a touchdown, they've got a field goal. So, um, it it wasn't the most exciting game, but – you know, Florida State, they found a way to win, and even with their quarterback,
2: that third-string quarterback. Okay. What
3: you got for us, uh, Lara?
2: Yeah, that defense stepped up. Um, I, I think the defense knew, and they've been playing like that all year. They knew they were shorthanded and needed to give the edge. Uh, but to see Plummer play like he did, um, I didn't expect that. I thought that that offense could run with Florida State. Um, and, again, I think somebody mentioned if they would have played like he played earlier in the year against Center Dane, they absolutely could have. Um, he was not the same quarterback. And with that defense ri- rising on Florida State the way they did, it, 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 it was ugly. And, and, by the way, still didn't blow him out. Uh, unfortunately, if he has half a decent, if Plummer has a half-decent game during this game. So um, with no quarterback on Louisville, yeah, this was a, a, a lackluster kind of a game. Okay,
0: uh, hello. Yeah, for what was on the line, this was, this was one of the worst games that I had seen, to be honest with you. I mean, I think it was 3-3 three, three at halftime. I mean, the Louisville quarterback looked completely inept. Um, there's some horses on Florida State's defense, but their offense, I mean, what I didn't understand is, the second half, they put in number six, number nine, somebody to, to run Wildcat, ran yeah. one play and got 70 yards, ran another play. Why didn't they play this guy the whole time? They would have looked better. They might have got in a dance if he was, whoa, look at this guy. Look what they can do now. So I didn't understand that at all. This was um, a just a – not unexciting game completely Florida pulled it out, but in an unattractive fashion, to be honest. with you. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
0: Cam.
4: Yeah. I, uh, I love great defensive play. I'm not like a lot of people who think that's boring. Um, and Florida state has a great defense. There, there are a lot of guys on that defensive line who are going to be in the NFL. Um, Having said that, um, their offense was putrid. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, but I, but at the same time, like I said, these other teams have had bad games like that too. I mean, uh, Alabama just barely beat Arkansas. And so, um, you know, they won. And they won every week. So, you know, I, I, I give a team credit for finding a way to win. Uh, regardless of how you do it. I was on the phone today with a guy from from Alabama, and I I pointed out how many times Alabama stumbled this year. And and he comes back and says, well, it doesn't matter how they win, they win. I said, well, so why does it matter when Florida State plays like that? And they still win. But anyway, um, that's what I I think. Double favor.
3: Okay. All right. Uh, You know, let's talk about some of the – Hiring and hiring. Uh, The one I want to bring up, and you guys can talk about who you want. uh, Got Fran Brown, Camden, New Jersey, who got the job at Syracuse. I've known him since I coached against him when he was at Camden High School. Uh, The head coaching job. Heard a black defensive coordinator. Heard a black offensive coordinator, and now took took uh, Nick Williams, the recruiting guru from uh, Deion Sanders. Your thoughts.
4: I'm surprised they hired another brother. Um, I'm glad they did. Um, I don't know this brother. I, I saw in the thread where you mentioned that you you knew him personally. I'm, I'm glad for it. I'm glad for him. That was a once great program. Um, as recent as, uh, I think, Marvin Harrison and uh, Donovan McNabb. Um, and uh, I would like to, like to see them uh, come back and uh, and bring that program back to glory, and it would be a wonderful thing a brother that did it.
3: Okay, Precious, uh, Tell uh, the other hiring and firing uh, that got you excited or you you didn't understand.
1: Well, congratulations to the young man um, that came from Camden, New Jersey. I think you talked about that in the thread too. I'm surprised that uh, Tulane Fritz going to Houston. Um, that was a surprise to me, um, and and I, I think I'm a little surprised that Duke's um, head coach got Texas A&M. And oh, look now, Duke's quarterback is in the transfer portal. Um, you know, so uh, but those are my surprises. When it, when I saw Fritz at Houston, I was like well, this can't be the Tulane guy. But his success, I think, got him you know, to that point.
3: Okay. Uh, Will? Yeah, I think it's a good
6: uh, hire for Syracuse. I mean, look at his history. He was at uh, Temple for a few years. I mean, you look at for a small school, Temple's put a lot of guys in the league over the years. I think it might have been when Matt Rule was there. I don't remember if that was his years or not. Um, Then he moved to uh, Georgia, which, you know, how their defense has been over the last few years. So, this is a great opportunity for him. I think he, you know, Syracuse has been competitive. I think they're one of those teams that always seems to play Clemson tough. So, we'll see if they can finally take that next step.
3: Any surprises, any hiring or firing that surprised you?
6: I don't think I've had any uh, surprises at this point. But, um, I'd be interested to see what they do at, um, Texas A&M, after having to buy out Jimbo for that seventy-five million dollar uh, contract, I mean, they go with another big name, or they take the Florida State approach and go with one of these uh, mid-major coaches that's had a lot of success.
3: Oh, Precious just told you they took the coach from Duke. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Larry. They're the hiring and firing. Yeah, but... That
2: you go ahead. Congratulations up in uh, Syracuse. You know, he plays the game well. I know you knew him well, and he's the seven-on-seven seven league. So in this area, he was well-known, and he played the game well, and it's nice to see him up there. Um, I, I go back to April Fool's Day uh, for, for, for mine, 2011, Bobby Petrino. Um, we thought that his career was over. He is now back <laughs> at, he is at Arkansas. Um, new contract offensive coordinator. They have nine lives. You just have to be the right color cat because we do not have that. Um so he's returning and I'm sure some others and we don't even get second look. So yeah, it was I'm not sure I'm surprised but it was uh, yeah, it's always disheartening. Hired yeah.
0: okay. I
4: back to the scene of the crime.
2: Yes you do, yeah. Well <laughs> motorcycles still got skid marks on the road. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so hopefully it's the Hershey Highway But anyway All right uh
0: Yeah, I think um, It was a good hire at Texas A&M With the Duke coach I think it's Coach Elko I think that was a good hire A real coach that could build a program And not just a name And not be able to produce Like the past coach Um I got a number of calls today asking me if I knew Fran Brown. But I, I don't think I know him, but I'm happy he's getting a shot at Syracuse, um, a program that looks like it's on the edge of actually getting somewhere, and then it seems to take a step back all the time. So hopefully he can get him over the hump. Um, and I I think one surprise, maybe half a surprise, might be uh, Gramley firing air coach, I think. Hugh Jackson is out there at Gramley. Um, maybe he didn't win enough, or didn't win the swack or whatever. That might be the issue.
3: Okay, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Carlos, I think, uh the three guys he got on his staff, Coach uh, Brown, all of them can recruit. So they're gonna get some players in there. So. Uh, your thoughts
5: on uh, hiring and firing? Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know. I don't know, Fran Brian either. But uh, you know, I think Syracuse has always kind of been progressive, and it's really to hire another black coach after you fired one. Um, something to be said for that. Um, you know, I was kind of a little bit surprised that uh, Jonathan Smith left to go to Michigan State. I mean, um, you know, with all the kind of things that are going on after you know Tucker, um, I thought Oregon State was you know, a good position to be in, but I guess he wanted to be in the Big Ten um, with, you know. Um, and then I guess Signetti too, um, you know, I guess the success yeah. he's had at Madison. I don't – I'm again, I guess he's wanted to be in a bigger conference because I don't know if – I don't know the last time Indiana's been good. Uh, it's been a while. Probably that brief stint when Penix was there. So I'm surprised that he went there.
3: And he said that was a very tough decision for one. Uh, Tim? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I like the Cignetti hire. Uh, I didn't quite understand Indiana uh, going in, especially going into the expanded Big Ten now. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to turn out for him. Um, but, uh, and I'm like Carlos, I was surprised that uh, uh, Grambling made the move they did. Um but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens
3: from here on out because I don't think they're done. Okay, real quick, Tim, because I know you got to get out of here. Uh, what pro games did you watch?
4: Yeah, Tim. San Francisco, San Francisco, <laughs> and Philly. Oh man, that Forty Nine ers team looked awesome <laughs> last night. They, 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 I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that at all.
2: Okay.
3: Uh, Let's go with Larry.
2: Same game. Um, I thought this would be a close game. We talked about, I know I talked about this, and Carlos talked about this uh, earlier. Uh, there was something missing. There, uh, the Eagles have not been hitting on all cylinders. And, again, I didn't think it was the offense or the defense. I kind of point to the offense and defensive coordinator. And, again, last night, you can't, you know, miss. The first, the first three or four drives, Eagles were right there dominating on defense maybe even in the first quarter. Um, offensively, could not catch our stride, didn't know, again, did not know whether we wanted to run the ball, throw the ball, throw deep, throw to a you know, tight end. Um, we have not found our rhythm offensively, um, which pushes too much pressure on the defense. I think they mentioned how long they were out on the field. And you can't do that with a team uh, like San Francisco. So um, it, it it got out of hand really quickly. Okay. Okay. Uh... Real. Yeah,
6: Y'all watch, uh, Kansas City versus uh, Green Bay. Um, one, it's good to see uh, Jordan Love uh, coming along. It looks like he's going to be a legitimate starter in this league uh, for a while. But Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Kansas City, I guess they thought he was superhuman or something because they really did nothing to get him some receivers and help. So I just think he's showing that no matter how great these QBs are, they need weapons to be able to be successful in this league. So I think we pretty much know what Kansas City's main uh, approach to this offseason is going to be.
3: Okay. Uh, hello.
0: Yes. Uh, watch the Eagles, 49ers. Um, I think we we can kind of feel, or I can kind of feel this coming because as has been said, the Eagles have not been, you know, fought, they had been falling behind in games and just seemed like it was, it was something a little missing. Then when you continue to play a better and better team as they come off of their bye week and you get beat up and fatigued, I'm not making an excuse. They got their butts kicked, but things get exposed. I don't like their offense or defensive coordinator. I don't think they're using uh, hurts correctly, whatever happened to a three-step drop. Why has everything got to be five? And the Eagles absolutely have no linebackers, which was shown in that game completely. Um so I think they just got exposed and they need to regroup. I watched the uh Green Bay and Kansas City and I think and I I think Jordan Love is a player and I'm glad to see that.
3: Okay, uh Carlos, uh, didn't the Eagles pick up uh the Quill, uh, Leonard, did they have...
0: Leonard, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they picked yeah. up Leonard, but I'll be honest with you, Doc, I'd, I'd be hesitant with a linebacker after back surgery. I don't know what that's going to look like.
2: Can't be worse than what we gonna... Okay. All
5: right, Doc? Yeah, like everyone, I watched the, uh, the Eagles and the 49ers game, and I guess it's just like a testament when they have all their players, it's this, it's a lot of weapons. I think somebody compared them earlier on when I was listening to something as far as like the old 49ers when they had, um, you know, Bill Walsh and, and, and you know, all that crew. Um, and then last night, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, as much as there was uproar as far as the Jordan Love, he's definitely looking like he might be a, a decent player. And um, I think they're going to go from, you know, from um, far to – to Rogers of Love if he keeps playing the ways and playing. Okay, I'm
3: just shocked before I bring Princess in. I'm just shocked nobody watched the Panthers and the Buccaneers. Okay. All right. Uh,
1: <laughs> they can flex the Bengals and the, the Jaguars as far as I'm concerned tonight. But, um, oh. you know, I, I watched the, the Eagles. You, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, I watched the Eagles and the 49ers, and I watched the security guard for the Eagles get kicked out of the game. <laughs>
2: Welcome to Philly.
1: Now, exactly. Philly fans and Philly security don't play. But um, mm-hmm. it got ugly quick, but I thought that Jalen Hurts was going to bring them back. I think they've been teetering um, with letting teams up and then coming back and winning for about four or five weeks. So it's good to go ahead and get it out of their systems now. I think we're looking Niners. at the two best teams in the NFL. Um and I hope that Jalen Hurts goes through, you know, um per- percussion I mean concussion um protocol and, and does fine. But this was forty ers to win and um they did and I thought they looked good. I thought De- Debo Samuels looked good. And Brockety, Brockety, Brocky Purdy, that you all have been claiming, the Eagles fans, he looks pretty good, too. Um, and, and and so did McCaffrey. <clears throat> yeah. You can say what you want. The Eagles got their behind beat. <laughs> oh,
2: they did. It looked like a different you know, game up in there.
1: But I think Hi. it's good to, to get it out of the systems now. I, I, I think yeah. you, you're looking at the two best teams in the NFL. Yeah, they got the right, take us sure. home, princess. Yeah, I wanted to get Larry just a little bit more than that, but I have to be, I have to be real with with Larry for sure. I did want to say that um, Washington State, Kansas uh, State, Duke, Oregon State, Miami, um, also um, Coastal Carolina, Texas A and M, and Texas Tech. All their quarterbacks are in the in the in the portal. Wow. wow. In the state. Every last one of their yeah, there, and then the backup quarterback for Alabama has entered the the transfer portal for lacrosse. He wants to play for lacrosse now. He doesn't want to play football. He doesn't wait. To, want to wait until the playoffs is over?
0: Are yeah, you guys boy. hiring a
1: new coach? <laughs> Duck, are you guys hiring no. a new a new coach? No, we have. I, you black, know
0: what? I'll we have say say
3: that again. I have a black coach. A black coach, Neil
0: Brown. I didn't know y'all were changing coaches. Okay.
1: Oh you know no, uh, no. Uh, as a matter of fact West Virginia made I put out a press release that they're retaining Neil Brown and that they I saw that yesterday and that they really believed in in his the success he had this year
2: mm-hmm. He got
1: he got Doc climbing
3: so I, I believe in him
1: <laughs> Yeah I'm trusting uh, just let Neil Brown to- just it just mess up in his bowl game Duck will be back on the bench wagon for sure but um i, I think i plan with for, duck in for the bowl. west virginia
5: so this um, man
1: here in charlotte uh yeah ducky yeah, west hanging, virginia takeover him. lord him yeah, I might
3: have mercy this time i might have to put sheets on doc's bed
1: <laughs> yeah that would be nice <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Uh. All right, gentlemen, I'd love to hang out with you all. A shout-out to Tori for listening in. Again, a shout-out to Ricky Porter. Thank you, sir. Um, Larry Pinsdale, Carlos Bradley, Will Harris, Doc, we appreciate you all being on. I can't wait till tomorrow night to talk to to Jay Hayes and Will Lewis and and do this all again. This was exciting. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: Uh, have a good evening. You'll Be good, fam.
1: Awesome. Be you Yeah, Bye, still have to go cook dinner. I can't play with y'all. Never had it so good. Sports Talk Radio. Have a great evening. Bye. <laughs>